We have had just a wonderful time with uh, Evangelist Johnson, and we will reschedule him. He's asking me, really, February? All right, maybe January. I don't know. We can work around that, you know. We're not locked into that, but... Uh, but we're gonna, we've just had a wonderful time with him. See, he was born in Jamaica and his blood's just thin anyway. And so, uh, but, uh, he has just brought a great heart here, great spirit all week. And I believe God's gonna do a wonderful, wonderful thing tonight. Let's open our hearts. Let's welcome him and enjoy the music. Evangelist Patrick Johnson. Praise God. Amen. I'm already cold just thinking about. <laughs> Amen. I really sincerely want to thank your pastor and his wife and this wonderful church. Uh, you, you have been a blessing and a half and I'm very, very grateful. Thank you for not only your love offering, but your faithfulness. Uh, this week, I pray that the Lord has been able to speak and do something inside of your life that will at least get you to the next revival. Come on, somebody, let's be practical now. I could say until you get to heaven, until you get to the next revival. We are leaky vessels. Would somebody say amen? And sometimes we just need just enough spiritual energy. And right when you're at that point, your pastor brings somebody in that say, Jesus is Lord, and you, and you, you feel good again. And, okay, maybe that's just Texas thing. Hallelujah. But I really do thank you tonight and believe that God's going to really help us one more time tonight. Hallelujah. Show me love. 
sun Christ gave up everything yeah. His arms wide open again thank you for your faithfulness this week let's let's believe god for an outpouring of the holy ghost tonight can somebody say amen matthew chapter 25 tonight i before i get started before i i'm gonna go ahead and open these early before i get started i just want to make you aware of something now I don't know if anybody was tracking it. I, I want to show you. Let me just, let me show you my iPad. Can y'all see that little timer right there? You see the timer on my iPad? Now, I have been tracking my sermons all week. And I've only been preaching. My, my longest sermon was about 36 minutes. So I've been saving all that extra time. You see what I'm saying? That means at least every night I've saved between five to seven minutes. So if I use all that time tonight, y'all think I'm joking. (laughs) Matthew 25 verse 1. Let's quickly get all the way down to verse 10. The Bible says, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessel and with their lamps. 
But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And behold, at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us in you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Now listen to me. This is, and those who were ready. Everything else we just read is good, but this is the most important. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Holy Spirit of God, pour out your grace, your favor. Lord, we cannot do this without you, God. Father, we are in the last mile. And we're asking you tonight, God, give us the grace. Give us the strength to finish this race. God, we love you and we thank you tonight in Jesus' name. And all God's people said with a shout, amen. When I was growing up in Jamaica, we had a sport, if you can put that picture up for me, brother. We had a sport, that's a nice picture, (laughs) we call it football. Now around the world, they call it soccer, but in Jamaica, we call it football because we use our foot to play with the ball. Now, there's another country where they use their hand to play with the ball, and they call their sport football, so the rest of us change the name, because we really like that other country, so we call it soccer. In soccer, or football, whatever you want to call it, there is something called extra time. Now, let me tell you a little bit about extra time. Usually, in a soccer game, football, whatever you want to call it, There are things that take place that can cause a delay in the game. All kinds of things. Usually sometimes in a soccer game you'll have people who have been sitting up in the stands and they've been drinking jungle juice for hours. And they get the insane idea that they want to get out of their seat, run down onto the soccer pitch, and start running around like they ain't got no sense until somebody tackles them, beats them up, and takes them to the police station. Well, the problem is that causes a delay in the game. Then I don't know if you know this, but soccer players are the most athletic people on planet Earth. Uh, Listen they run for 90 minutes straight i'm not they're not jogging they're running no breaks except one little break in the middle but as athletic as they are they are the most fragile athletes on the planet two soccer players running down the pitch chasing a ball they're running full one player looks over at the other player say how's your mama that's all he said how's your mom the other player when he's heard that falls on the ground ah, ah, 
writhing in pain. They come running on the pitch with that supernatural can of spray. I don't know what's in that can. I don't think they let normal people buy that stuff. Couple guys come running out. They spray his knee. And he goes, And then he gets up, runs back into the game, and scores 25 goals. The problem is that can cause a delay in the game. And so what the referees will do, the linesmen, the referee, at the end of the game, at the end of the match, they will put a couple minutes on the clock and they call those couple minutes extra time. Now, extra time is actually a sermon that the referees are preaching to both teams. Extra time is a sermon and this is what the sermon says extra time is saying to the losing team whatever you have been doing for the last 90 minutes is obviously not working because you're losing we are going to put a little bit of time on the clock we're going to give you a little bit of extra time to get yourself together and change something so that when the clock runs out you don't find yourself on the losing side extra time is also preaching to the winning team extra time says to the winning team Whatever you've been doing for the last 90 minutes is obviously working because you win it. There's only a couple minutes left on the clock. It would really be a bad idea for you to do something silly. When you're this close to victory, that could cause you to lose the game. Let me say that again. Extra time is saying to the winning team, you have come this far. You are so close to victory. Please don't do something foolish. With only a couple minutes left on the clock, that could cause you to lose. Listen, that's not only true in soccer. That's true tonight in the kingdom of God. Because in our text tonight in the word of God, God is going to show us that we are living in extra time. Listen, the Bible is going to show us tonight, I hope, from the word of God to show you tonight that the clock has ran out a long time ago and we are living in extra time. What does that mean, preacher? It means tonight, if you're on the losing team, what do you mean I'm on the losing team? I mean, your name is not in the book of life. You are not right with God. You have not surrendered your heart to Jesus. You have not asked him to forgive you of your sins and come into your heart and be the Lord and Savior of you. You have not repented and turned from sin. It means you are on the losing team and extra time is saying to you tonight, you ain't got but a couple minutes left before it'll be too late to get on the right side. Extra time.
is saying to the winning side tonight. Who's on the winning side? Everybody in here whose name is in the book of life. Everyone in here that has bowed the knee to God, bowed the knee to Jesus, realize that you are a sinner in need of salvation and you've turned from sin and made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. That means tonight your name is in his book and it means tonight you're on the winning side. Extra time is saying to you, child of God, we are so close to the end of this thing. It really would be a bad time for you to do something crazy that could possibly cause you to end up on the wrong side. Are you with me tonight? In our text, Jesus is preaching a sermon and he's going to use these five or these ten girls as an illustration in his sermon. I got a quick question for you before we go on and get into the sermon. If Jesus was going to preach a sermon and he was going to use you as an illustration in his sermon, what kind of illustration would you be? If Jesus was, now listen, listen, it's one thing for me to use you as an illustration. I don't know you. It's another thing for your pastor to use you as an illustration in a sermon because he don't know you. He said, what do you mean? Listen, our pastors only know what we show them of ourselves. Jesus is different. Oh, y'all ain't going to be. Come on now, it's the last night. Now listen now. Listen now. You know, Sunday morning, you're going to get a whole new batch of amens because amens don't roll over. God gave you a bunch of revival amens. And if you don't use them all tonight, you're going to lose them all tomorrow. Because amens, they're not like AT&T minutes. They do not roll over. And so you might as well go ahead and let me get, you can let me have a couple extra ones tonight and you'll still be fine. You'll still end up having to throw a bunch of them away because you're like, you know, where well, well, a couple of the sermons he preached was just okay. I didn't really, you know. If Jesus was going to use you as in, would you be an encouraging illustration? Or would you be a warning illustration? Would you be an illustration of what to do or like these girls were getting ready to look at of what not to do? The Bible says now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. And the scripture literally, can I tell you something tonight? It's one thing for a human being to call you foolish. But if God says what you're doing is foolish, you're in a lot of trouble. Would you agree with me tonight? Jesus said these girls, what they did was foolish. Let's consider for just a moment. Why would these girls do? The Bible says what made them foolish in the eyes of the Lord is they took their lamps, but they took no oil with them. Why would they do this? Couple, couple possibilities. One possibility was that these girls were concerned with the exterior, but they were not concerned enough about the interior. What do you mean, preacher? 
in Bible times or in this time, they would have carried a lamp. And, and I want to show you the lamp because it, it wasn't like a big lamp or a big giant. It would have been a very small lamp. And the lamp that they carried in Bible times would have looked something like this. It would have had just enough oil to give you just enough light to get where you got to go. You'd have to keep making sure you'd have to make sure that the oil was always full. They would have had the lamp carrying it in their hand because they, the light was so small, you had to hold out the fire to illuminate the path before you. That's what the light was for, to show you where to step. You with me? Everyone could see the lamp. Everyone could see the fire. Everyone would have been able to see the way that these girls were dressed because to be a virgin daughter of Israel that was a part of the wedding uh, uh, party, you had to dress a certain way. Everyone would have seen the lamp. Everyone would have seen the fire. Everyone would have seen the garment. Everyone would have seen that they were hanging out with the mother girls. You know what nobody could see? The oil. These girls had the lamp. They had the oil. I'm sorry, they had the lamp, had the garment. They had the, you know, they were in the right place. At least they were with the right people. All the exterior stuff was good. But the interior, the oil that no one could see, was missing. We live in an hour where people are consumed with how they look. And care very little for how they are. Come on somebody. Listen, listen. That's why Facebook and monkey face and, and, and ugly nose and all these different. That's why they're so rich. Because they created a platform where people could give into looking a certain way. But a lot of the people who are on there trying to look good are not good. And in our text the Bible says that there were some church folks. That looked the part. On the outside they had it. To, but on the inside. Another reason possibly. Why these girls might have done this. Is because they had been waiting for him to come back for so long. And he had not returned. That they had actually stopped waiting for him. Even though they were still acting like they were waiting for him. What do you mean preacher? Let me tell you what I mean. You know you can come to a place, especially in our fellowship, because I, I thank God of how structured our fellowship is. Ain't nobody coming in here barking like a dog and quacking like, you're not running around. You try to run around here, somebody going to tackle you. <laughs> you get to bark one time, that's, that's as much as you get. We have structure. We don't, we, don't, we don't act a fool. The problem with that sometimes is what we do can become a ritual. Because we know how to do it so good. I mean, picture the picture. Picture these girls, picture these girls. Now, like I said, I had to wait before my wife to leave, tell you this part of the story. When I came, when my family and I came back from China, I bought my wife a car and I bought myself a truck. One of the reasons why we had to do that was, you know, we're often going in different directions. I'm having to drive to the airport and different. But another one of the reasons is a brother like me loved to be on time. I, 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 we were talking in the car. I will get to the airport three hours early for a 30 minute flight because I like to be on time. 
my wife might be watching so I ain't going to say too much but let's just say that's not always the same with the Johnson ladies my wife is the most disciplined person I know period and she's been that way since the day we met my wife gets up every day at 5 in the morning so she can read and pray every day every day every day on Sunday we have men's discipleship or serious men at 8 o'clock I can get up at 7.30 get dressed put a little polish I'm I'm a military man so you gotta put a little polish on your shoes and get me a cup of coffee get me a bagel with some eggs and a little bit of bacon on it even though the doctor said to stop it the devil is a lie doctor and so you know what I'm saying? Put it, you know what I'm saying? I can put all that together, get my briefcase, get my phone, get everything, and be ready and be at church by 8 o'clock, even though I live 20 minutes away. <laughs> my beautiful, wonderful, fantastic, glorious, elegant wife, just in case you watch it. <laughs> and my daughter, who's beautiful and elegant and wonderful and pretty, can get up at 5 o'clock. They don't have to be there till 9 o'clock. So I had to watch. I thought, how is this even possible? How is this possible? First thing in the morning, first thing in the morning, first thing in the morning, she got to have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Don't talk to her before a cup of tea, a cup of coffee. She used to have a cup that says, don't talk to me before my cup of coffee. And so, you know, you get up and she has a cup. She sits in the living room and, you know, she, she just she sits there and kind of just loves God and looks out. Five o'clock. Then she gets up. Say, okay, well, I guess I gotta go get ready for church. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Go to class. I don't have nothing to wear. Let me go check my other closet. gotta go find some shoes to match the dress go back to the closet oh my gosh I can't find any shoes finally pick out a pair of shoes put them next to the dress go back to the coffee go back to the coffee reflect a little longer you know what? I don't feel like wearing that color today. <laughs> and it starts all over. <laughs> then after you ain't even started getting ready yet. That was just the picking out the clothes part. Now you got to do your hair and your eyebrows and your eyelids and under your eyes. And, and under the, 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 the hair, that's, uh, you get these sharp pencils and you stick them in your eye. And get in there and just be. Then you get something to. to I'm like, good Lord. Then you got to put on lipstick. Then after you put on the lipstick, 
there's a lipstick for the lipstick. Can you put the lipstick on, then you take a pencil and you do something on the outside. <laughs> Picture these girls doing that night after night after night. And he's delayed after night. And one day they do, they go through the entire ritual and they come to church. And in our fellow, we know how this is going to work. We're going to come in and brother going to start singing. His singing is the signal to come find your seat. Everybody got their seat. Don't sit in my seat. You know that's my seat. I've been sitting in that seat since I was born. Go somewhere. I don't care if you were a visitor. You should have known. Three fast song. Jesus, look at me, consume me. Too slow song. Jesus. <laughs> Pastor comes and, you know, we pray. We're going to pray for this person. Pray for it. We're going to pray and pray it. We got to pray because prayer is so critical. After we pray, okay, let's worship. We're going to bring a brother up to pray. We bring a brother. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we believe you tonight. Give the announcements. Please hear the announcements, y'all. This is what we're going to do. Please listen. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do this tomorrow. We're going to do this. After now, you need to give. God needs you to give. Be a blessing. Serve God. Let the ushers come. The ushers come. Take the offering. Pastor preacher. Jesus loves you. Jesus wept. Let's pull the altar call. Come down to the altar. Mama wrote a hundred to Rwanda. Yes, Lord. Robo say. All right, let's close in prayer. Jesus, we love you. Thank you. God bless. You can do that night after night. Week after week. And it's not because you're evil. It's because you know how to do it so well. There's possibly not even one person in here that had to think about getting dressed, getting ready to come to church tonight. You just did it. You think about it. And it's not a bad... But the danger is you can be like these girls where you can do all of that and it never goes past your neck. Or could it have been that these girls foolishly thought they had more time? It is heartbreaking how many people are going to miss the bridegroom because they thought they had more time. In our text, the Bible says the foolish is going to turn to the wise. And I know I'm jumping ahead of the scripture a little bit. But the foolish turned to the wise and they said, give us some of your oil. The moment they heard the cry, they turned and said, listen, there's a problem. We know what the problem is. Help us fix. We would have understood this text if those girls would have turned to the wise and said, hey, listen, something's wrong, but we don't know what it is. Can you help us? We can understand if they would have turned and said, listen, do you see something? In our... But no, they turn and they immediately identify the problem. What do you mean? Pre-? They knew exactly what they needed to do. And they waited until the trumpet sounded to try to get it done. And heartbreakingly, there are going to be too many people in church that are going to do the same. God's been dealing with you. The Holy Spirit has been challenging you. 
You come to church and you feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost. God's telling you, listen, it is not that what you're doing may be a sin, but it has the power and the potential to take you down roads that can cause you to one day wake up and be so far from where you're supposed to be. Or maybe tonight it is a sin and God is saying, listen, deal with this. It could cost you eternity. And you say, yeah, I'm going to deal with it. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a... And I want, there's going to be people that are not going to deal with the issues of the heart until they, they're sitting in church one night and they look around and everyone's gone and they're still here and they're going to cry out to God in that moment. And like these girls, it's going to be too late. In the text... The Bible says, while the bridegroom was delayed, he's God. What could possibly delay him? Let's leave that for the end. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to it. The Bible says that the cry was heard at midnight. Would you agree with me this evening that we are living in the midnight hour? Midnight in the word of God depicts a time of darkness, a time of evil. When the Bible speaks of midnight, it is speaking of a time of wickedness. Even in our own verbiage, we say the midnight hour and we're talking about a time of darkness. Listen, we are living in a horrible time. I was in China. 2020 started. 2020 did not start with COVID. Let me tell you how 2020 started. I was in China. I remember watching the news. It was Fox News or one of the news. I was following the news. And there was an Academy Award or one of these awards. And a young lady by the name of Michelle Williams got up to testify at this. So she got up to, uh, to take her award. And she began to speak and she says, I want to tell you the reason I was able to win this award was because when I was a young woman, I got pregnant And I realized if I wanted to pursue my career in acting, there's no way I could have a baby. And so I aborted my baby and it allowed me to pursue my career. And she literally said, the reason I got this award is because years ago I killed my child. And that wasn't what caused me to be so shocked it was the fact that when she said that an auditorium full of people stood up and began to cheer and I remember being in China and saying oh God this is going to be a terrible year we're living in the midnight hour when people begin to cheer the death of the innocent And I want to tell you, if you've ever read the Bible, God takes the death of the innocent personally. The blood of the innocent. I was recently in Arizona, in Phoenix. I needed to go to the store. My belt broke. I needed to go to the store. The store I needed to go to was literally a block away. I wanted to walk. The people in the hotel said, don't walk. You cannot walk there. I said, why? He said, because you have to go under the bridge. And under the bridge was a, I don't even know what, a a group, an army of people who are hooked on fentanyl and all kinds of drugs. And under the bridge, it looked like the zombie apocalypse. I couldn't walk a block away from a beautiful hotel area. 
and to every, it was normal. We had a pastor, one of our pastors out of Colleen. He went to the hospital, he hurt his shoulder, and the doc, he testified in church. He said the doctor prescribed him crystal meth. He said, doc, this is meth. The doctor said, yes, it'll really help you with your pain. We could talk about the opioid epidemic. We could talk about the perversion and the nastiness. And listen, church, there, there's things that are happening I cannot even mention in the house of God when it comes to the level of perversion and wickedness. But all of these things say one thing. We are living in the midnight hour. We're living in an hour of such darkness and wickedness and evil. Living in an hour of unbelief. How many here, maybe, you know, some of the young folks may not understand, but how many here, 10 years ago, you could not imagine some of the things that are happening today? You couldn't imagine that. It, ten, just 10 years ago, you're like, there's no way this could be happening in America. Not only is it happening, but if you have the audacity to speak against it. Let me draw this to a close. The Bible says, and all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are running out. But the wise answered and said, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And the Bible says, while they went to buy. What a heartbreaking thing. That you wanted, you were willing to do what it took, but you waited until it didn't matter. Because the Bible says when they got there, the door was closed. Listen, the absolute worst thing that can ever happen to someone who sat in one of our churches and heard the gospel and heard our preaching and, 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 and is to get to the door of heaven, find the door closed and find out you're on the wrong side of the door. Because you would have had every opportunity to get it right. Those who were ready. What does that mean? Let me, let's go back to the bridegroom. What could delay Jesus? He's God. The Bible says he did all this in six days and he wasn't even trying. He wasn't. <laughs> David said, when I consider the work of your fingers. He said, God, you did this with your finger. You know what he was saying? He was saying, listen, when God did all this, he really didn't have to put much effort in it because he is so awesome, God. Let, let me let me illustrate it for you. Let me illustrate. And I hope, whose jacket is this? You don't mind if I touch it. All right, you can leave it right there. See, when something is easy, you know how easy, the weight of this jacket is so weird. It just takes a couple of my fingers to pick it up. I just pick it up with my fingers. It's a nice heavy jacket, but it's, it's so light. All I need is my finger. Thank you, sister girl. Can you imagine me trying to pick up this pulpit with my fingers? You know how many bones I break? David said, God, when you did this, it was so easy for you. You didn't even have to use even a little bit of your strength. What could delay that, God? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 
says, the Lord is not slack concerning his return, as some men count slackness. He's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Living Bible puts it this way. He is not being slow about his promise to return. He's waiting for this good reason. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He's giving sinners more or extra time. You know why the trumpet hasn't sounded yet? You know why the church, listen, there is no prophecy that needs to happen for the rapture. We're not waiting for some, Jesus could come back at any, the only thing delaying him is his love for the lost. He loves sinners. He loves hurting broken people. But one day, that's got to come so what does that mean, preacher? Let me, let me give you a scenario. Just to make it clear. One day we're going to come to church just like this. Just like this. Be in church probably a Wednesday night or, you know, maybe a Monday night of revival. And we're going to be here and it's going to be good and we're going to all be in church. And through those double doors back there, a young lady is going to walk in. And she's going to come in and sit down. And to us... She's one more visitor, and that makes us happy because we love visitors. Like, whoa, we got a visitor. Praise God. Hallelujah. To us, she's a visitor. But to heaven, she represents the last one. She comes in, sits down. And the Father, the Bible says, Jesus said, no one knows except the Father. I wonder if the Father is going to look over at Jesus and say, son, She's the last one. When she gives her heart to you tonight, you can go and get your bride that you've been longing to go and receive for thousands of years. Pastor's going to preach, pull the altar, and she's going to raise her hand. And I wonder if when she raises her hand, if the host of heaven, because Jesus said, I'm going to send in my angels to go and gather I wonder if when she raises her hand, if the host of heaven is going to rise to their feet and unfurl their glorious wings. Pastor's going to say, get out of your seat. Come and find. And when she walks down the aisle, I wonder if when she kneels down, if Jesus is going to stand up. Last time he got up was when Stephen was martyred. Next time he gets up is when he's coming to get his bride. And when she says, Lord, forgive me, the Bible says in the twinkling of an eye. Do you know the twinkling of an eye is faster than the blink of an eye? You can't even, the twinkling of an eye, in the twinkling of an eye, God's people are going to be caught up to be with him. Those who were ready that young girl could be sitting in church tonight and if she was one question for you are you ready bow your heads a minute tonight heads about eyes are closed God loves you 
He loves you so much. Think about that church. That he would delay the return of the Lord for no other reason but to give you time to get ready. What does it mean to be ready, Pastor? Pastor Sullivan, what does it mean to be ready? Pastor Johnson, tell me, what does it mean to be ready? It means tonight that you have turned from your sin. It means tonight that you have repented and it means tonight you realize that Jesus suffered so you don't have to suffer. He died. He shed his blood. They put nails in his feet, in his hand. They beat him beyond recognition. He hung on a cross before the world. Ridiculed, mocked. Every time I read that where the soldiers mocked him and rejected him, I, I think to myself, what must it have been like on the day when they opened their eyes and realized that they were rejecting the Son of God? Oh, church. Oh, church. It'll be so much worse for us. But he loves you tonight. I say it again. The delay is because he loves you. Heads about eyes are closed tonight. You say, Pastor, I am not waiting another minute. I'm not right. There's things in my heart, things in my life I know is not right. And if Jesus came back tonight, I don't even want to think about it, Pastor. Please pray for me. Slip your hand up. God's dealing with you. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Let me see it. Lift it up. Let me see it. Hold it. God bless you, sir. Thank you. How many more? Say, Pastor, God's dealing with me. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. I'm not right, but I want to be. You're here tonight. You're backslidden. Say, Pastor, I'm not right, but I want to be. Please pray for me. Pray for me, Pastor. I just, I want to be right. Anyone else tonight? God's dealing with you. Heads about, eyes are closed. Amen. You lifted your hand. Look at me, sir. Look at me. Look at Come here, my brother. Let's pray together. Get up and come. God's dealing with you. I need a brother from our church to come help me pray tonight. Come help me pray tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for people. Thank you. Someone's going to come. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Bless God. Church, for the sake of sermons and just wanting to constantly update messages, I'm, I read... I don't like reading the news and all that, but you have to read. And the more I read, the more I follow some of the things that are happening in there, the more convinced I am that we are not in the last days. We're in the last seconds. We're in the last couple minutes. We're not on the last lap. We are steps away from the finish line. And if tonight was that night, Are you ready? Are there things in your life that you have been putting off? Saying, you know, I'm going to do this, but 
young men here, maybe there's a calling on your life and you, you're delaying getting ready. You don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of time. Young ladies, God's dealing with you. Listen, get yourself, prepare yourself, start doing. You don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of time. Stand with me tonight. Stand with me tonight. We're going to come and find a place to pray. Listen, the altars are open. You want to come? Let's come and find a place to pray quickly tonight and spend a little time with God tonight. Spend a little time with God tonight. Spend some time with Him, yes, and all created things. Hallelujah. Of all wisdom and all the ways of man. this evening. Oh, Lord Jesus, we're so... Thank you, Lord.